So, you know, there's all these technologies that are emerging right now. And I mean, it's always like, well, how are we going to make this positive? Like, how are we going to hack into big tech and enable us to shift the, you know, the whole paradigm into using this in a positive way? That, everybody, is Lyle Maxson. Lyle Maxson is the co-founder and head of strategy at GeniusX and Entheo Digital. Lyle is an innovator, a founder, and a super fascinating guy. Um, In this conversation, we talk about the various projects that he's into, which will undoubtedly blow your mind. We're talking about open worlds where you can go to universities in virtual reality. We're talking about the replacement of pharmaceuticals with digital therapeutics. That's right, using technology to heal yourself or train yourself. We're talking about defining the digital therapeutics as neurohacking devices so that you can be healthy and happy and focused and live the kind of life that you want. I mean, what is technodelics? Creating psychedelic states through digital therapeutics. I mean, this is unlike any conversation that I've ever had on this podcast. And Lyle is at the cutting edge of technology as a way to help people grow. And his experience in creating in creating experiences for other peoples in the sort of festival scene has made him an expert in cultivating communities to help people have transformational experiences. Uh, I really think that you're going to love this episode. You can always find the archives on seanmccormick.com. You will also find the biohacking store, which has a ton of discounts on things like blue blocking glasses and EMF blocking underwear, the X3 bar, uh, cannabis products. Just super awesome. Really, really packed with discounts just for you. So go ahead and check it out, seanmccormick.com. You can always follow me at McCormick. And do me a favor, if you love this, if this blows your mind like it did mine, please share this. Post this on social media. Just click the three buttons in Apple and uh, copy the link, paste it to your social media, tag me. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I really got some great feedback from last week's chain of episodes with the Prolon five-day fasting mimicking diet, and uh, a lot of got a lot of great feedback on Instagram too because I did a bunch of follow-up videos. I'm gonna keep doing the best content that I possibly can as consistently as I can for you because it is part of what I'm here to do on this earth, and I really appreciate you being here with me. It means a whole bunch to me that you keep showing up, that you are as engaged in your own health as I am. This is what is going to differentiate people in the future. If you are actively seeking optimal health, you are going to be so ahead of the curve. And so bring others with you. Share these episodes, share this content, share the tips and the tricks that I, uh, that I talk about both here and on social media. And uh, we can all be the art best together. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Lyle Maxson. Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. And we're here with Lyle Maxson, who is an Ascension technologist. He's a young Dumbledore. He does a whole bunch of cool stuff, which I cannot wait to dig into. Lyle, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. 
Thanks for having me, man. Excited to be here. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, um, you gotta you gotta get a load of uh, the environment that Lyle's in right now. He's, I mean, it's 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 stunning. So check it out if you if you're not if you wanted to watch, be the first one that you watch, go watch this one. Lyle's a handsome guy in this amazing backdrop with a whole bunch of cool stuff behind him. Um, so. I think I want to start with with some terms. You know, obviously I'll just have read your bio and all the different things that you're involved with, you know, as a real creator, you know, alchemist, uh, archetype, you know, kind of guy, magician. Um, and and so I think in order to sort of ground ground this into uh, the conversation, I'd love to just define some terms. Um, if you wouldn't mind can you explain what digital therapeutics are yeah of course so it's actually it's a very new category so it's it's constantly being defined it's a very emergent uh you know term but essentially how i would just define it is using digital uh therapies and different types of computer software to expand uh your consciousness so it's it's very much focused on neurohacking um, I'm a big believer in biohacking as well, but it's very much around uh, creating different types of brainwave states using technology. Got it. Okay. And so does that include like neurofeedback or, you know, um, you know, brain stimulation? Is it VR? Like all of those things, they fall into that same category? They do. Yeah. So um, very broadly, it does. It covers uh, things like track, even like tracking software that that covers patients as they progress through a mental health journey, either with psychedelics or, um, you know, with their therapist. Um, and then it covers things like neurofeedback, uh, different types of brain stimulation, uh, VR, AR. Um, yeah, it's, it's basically just wellness technology. Um, and it's becoming more honed in as the psychedelic industry really is exploding. And digital therapeutics are a complementary software to the clinician's uh, approach to uh, how they integrate and work with patients. Yeah. The key, the key word there, right. Is, is integrate for me because the, you know, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of good that comes from, you know, gestalt talk therapy, talking to a person, you know, processing trauma, going through the thing, but if that can be enhanced and integrated and amplified, um, up leveled through technology, by gosh, by golly, let's, let's try to do that. Um, the, okay. So then let's, let's take, let's take another, um, definition here. How do you define, uh, technodelics? Nice. So, uh, yeah, my business partner, uh, with one of my companies, uh, Entheo digital is the name of that company. Uh, his, he basically coined that term. So, um, it's basically creating, psychedelic states through digital therapeutics. So a lot of digital therapeutics on the market now will, uh, you know, things like even Muse that people are really familiar with, they're uh, all about like brain entrainment or dropping you into different brainwave states uh, where the product that we have out on the market right now called SoundSelf actually creates a similar experience as if you were to take a full dose of psilocybin within like 15 to 20 minutes of, of using the, the software. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's very similar. If you were to look at a brain scan, uh, they're almost identical. So, uh, yeah, that's, it's a very new term of, of creating psychedelic states with, with software. Okay. I can't wait to drill down into that. Um, 
<laughs> Whoa. All right. All right. All right. We're, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Um, so when you look at your, I'm interested in you specifically as a person too, because you're, you're involved in so many interesting, really progressive modalities, both technologically speaking. And as far as experience, just experiences overall, um, what drives you? What what is what is the thing that is really motivating you to to innovate at this level? Like what what is the thing that that makes you excited to get out of bed? Do you do you, do you have like a personal mission statement? Do you know what your soul contract is? Like, tell me a little bit about like how this how this drive to innovate and create again and again sort of uh, happens for you. I love that. Do I, I don't think I've ever been asked. Do I know what my soul contract is? The answer is yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, at a very young age, I would say around like 17 or 18, I was obsessed with the idea of how to scale, uh, interactive experiences that make you feel better, um, at the end. Um, so, you know, a lot of entertainment modalities are focused on escapism and like this asynchronous content that's very passive that you're just watching. Um, it's not participatory and there's a lot, um, there's a lot around that where I just continue to unpack and figure out. Um, initially, I was I was a creative director for music festivals, so I was creating uh, immersive experiences for hundreds of thousands of people to go through. I was working with Insomniac and a bunch of very large uh, production groups, um, and then I came across software and came across meditation and VR and saw the potential of it to to scale um, much more rapidly. Um, so I've always been obsessed with the idea of how to impact the masses at scale through a very fun, engaging way, because the, the biggest thing, and I'm sure uh, you know this better than most, is that, you know, a lot of the biohacking and wellness trends are very much like eat your vegetables. You know, they're, they're very much focused on uh, doing the thing because you have to, and then you'll feel better at the end of it. Where if you look at things like reality TV and fast food and pharmaceuticals, the reason that it's so impactful is because it's super easy to use, you know, pop this pill, and then it's an immediate gratification. Um, so it's, I'm really obsessed with the idea of how to create wellness experiences that do that. Um, so it appeals to a mainstream audience and they feel the effects and uh, enjoy it in the process. Hmm. Is that in a way to light people up to give them, to give them an experience because that, you know, enhances their empathy or interconnectedness, you know, on the path of integrating these experiences that, that are, that are interactive and, and collaborative in nature. Um, what do you hope to achieve? What do you hope is the, I mean, I don't believe there is an end game. So in game, isn't really like the right terminology but what's downstream from from that that important work that you're focused on yeah i would say initially i was really really focused on the term satori which is a zen buddhist uh term and it's really a philosophy around um showing people a sudden moment of realization or a sudden moment of enlightenment so it's kind of like opening the door um so I've never been the type of person that wants to walk people through the process, but I'm very into that initial spark that sends them on their journey. Uh, and, and recently, you know, I've continued to redefine that and I'm really focused on mental health and education. Mm-hmm. I think that those are two of the most fundamental uh, foundational uh, 
industries that, that require a lot of change and the impact that could be made through those two industries will be the lead domino or like the trim tab, uh, you know, that will affect everything else. Hmm. Yeah. When was, when was the moment that you realized that, that these technologies were going to be a big part of your life? Do you remember that moment? Yeah. Um, well, so how you and I got introduced was through Nick Janicki, the founder of True Rest. So uh, I started floating um, back in like 2012. So I was probably like 20 or 21. Uh, and I was, yeah, I started getting really, I mean, I was every, every sort of biohacking technology that you could imagine, I was plugging myself into. I was traveling to try the newest thing. Um, so I would say float pods actually had a huge influence. And then uh, my current co-founder with NVO, um, I met him at a conference and he was actually showcasing a VR meditation biofeedback technology. And I laid down and dropped into like one of the most deep meditative states I've ever experienced in five minutes and took the headset off. And it was like, how is this not already, you know, going across the planet and how does not everyone not already know about this? So um, those were probably the two things was, was floating and, and really understanding that there was a lot of technology out there that makes you feel incredible and you actually enjoy doing. Um, and then when I, when I discovered software, it was a whole different ball game because most of this biohacking tech is extremely expensive, you know, like, right. If you, I mean, granted, you could go into a, a location like a, like a float center um, and spend 60 bucks or 80 bucks to do it. But if you want to actually have this tech at your house, it's, you know, upwards of five to 40 grand, depending on PEMFs or light therapy or whatever you want. But with software, it's $30. And mm. a kid with a PlayStation could download it. And all of a sudden now you have it, you know, stored in the hard drive of your console. So that was what, that's just kind of been the iterative process of, uh, of discovering these things. The reason, one of the reasons why I, why I dig what you're doing is that it's, it's grounded, you know, it's, um, it's, it's integrated to enhance the, the, your physical reality. And, and some of the obviously concerns that I have with technology is that, you know, it becomes this like futuristic dystopia where people just prefer the virtual world versus the, their, their physical world. And, and I was going to ask this later in the conversation. I do want to go back to sound self and kind of explore some of these, these, uh, these technologies you're working on. But I think this, this thing is just, it, it's sticking with me. And there was a, there was a, uh, a conversation between Jordan Peterson and Eric Weinstein, and I've actually brought it up on the podcast before, but I'm fascinated by it. And I, and I really want to get your take on it. And the conversation that they were having was the, the, uh, the reality that, the, that for younger and younger people, the primacy of their reality is, is virtual, that they would prefer to have more likes and more friends and more online experiences than, than not being virtual, than, than having real friends in real life and, you know, nourishing relationships and as, and it, you know, as a, as a, you know, young, as a man with kids, I, I think deeply about, you know, how I'm going to help manage and, and shepherd my children toward 
this balance between like, yes, this, this is really cool stuff. This is really valuable stuff, but this is not everything like this, this virtual experience you're having, uh, is not, is not everything. It needs to be grounded in the experiences that you have, um, outside of any sort of digital screen or, or EMF exposure or, you know, outside in nature. And so this idea of the primacy between, uh, uh, an increasing generation of people who are just like fixated and more concerned with their virtual world than they are in the, in let's just, I don't even want to say the real world, but in the physical world. Um, how does that, how, how does that sound to you? What, what, when I, when I explain that, how, how do you, how do you think of that? Yeah, I get asked this constantly. <laughs> uh, so the biggest thing for me is that the train is already moving, you know, that this technology train is is rolling and it's moving quicker and quicker every day that's why they call it exponential technologies and uh for me it's really about how to get in on the emergent technologies and uh on like you know foundational level something like vr um very new a lot of the big experiences and a lot of the companies that are um, really making an impact are, are independent developers you know they're not the the Googles and the Facebooks of the world, they're actually indie studios that are developing these things. Um, so for me, it's its really, I, I am like a purist when it comes to, I don't think anything could ever beat, you know, one-on-one IRL personal connection, um, but I'm really inspired by what's the next best thing. And when, you know, people are concerned about things like VR, I just like hold up my phone, you know, I'm like, okay, so you, everyone's always on their phone, like just put that another foot or, you know, eight inches closer to your face and that's VR. So it's like, we're already consumed. And when you look at something like immersive technologies, you're actually, you're now removing yourself from being a passive observer to now being an active participant. So, you know, you look at something like VR, the biggest games on the market right now are all fitness games. And it's because it's a full body kinesthetic experience. So, uh, yeah, for me, that coupled with the, the motto that I continually use is upgrading the real world avatar that is you. So if you look at things like social media or video games, you're, you're using the technology to like create this artificial avatar profile that represents you, but you're not actually, you know, a lot of times, especially in the video game world, you're not learning real world skills. You're just taking you know, you're upgrading the statistics of your fictional character, mm. but all the technologies that I'm working on, you're learning skills that you could actually apply into your real world. Uh, so something like Genius X, the education platform, everything that you do inside of that space is, is just allowing you to become a better human when you take the headset off. So we want people to feel better when they put the, when they take the headset off than when they put it on. And, and usually, you know, it's, it's the other way around. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, I could, there's a lot to dive into there, but <laughs> for, for me, it's, it's really around, uh, insp- I really am focused on inspiring the younger generations to want to get in, not to run away and escape and go into farms, which I, you just mentioned before we started rolling that you moved onto a piece of uh, property and I did the same. I'm, I'm in Topanga, I'm on three acres. Yeah. Uh, and it's around, you know, how to do that while also like really making an impact and working with the new mediums that are emerging mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, fundamentally shifting it. Um, and right now we have an amazing opportunity to do that because unlike TV and radio, there's not, you know, these massive billion dollar conglomerates 
uh, pulling all the levers, there's very the new companies that are that get the opportunity to create within the space and build into something and really take take control of the medium in a benevolent way. That that is the most convincing response to that concern I've ever heard. Like that that is that is clear. It is progressive and it is futuristic in a conscious way. And you know when. Obviously, you know, when a, when a baby boomer has concerns, um, they're not, at, they're not, at, they're not tapped into the, the, the sort of beneficial, uh, potential of, of these technologies, right. They're, they're, they're still sort of detached from, I'm speaking generally and I don't mean to, but, mm-hmm. you know, and, but, but that, that combination of well, you can you can go into um, a virtual or augmented reality uh, and and learn something, gain a skill, move your body, learn something that's important for you, uh, so that when you take it off, you're a little bit better of a person. That escapism, just like you said, is uh, is is is. is, is I think what people are more concerned about, I just really appreciated that answer because it is going to take a generation and generations of, of progressive thinking like that to make sense of how they work together. You know, I can do, I can do VR in, on on my farm, you can do VR in your, in your farm, you know, um, that's a beautiful thing. And especially if it's for the greater good, if it's for the good, you know, the I, we all concept that I'm doing better. I'm doing better for myself. I'm getting better at something. I'm learning something. I'm having an enriching experience. That makes me better for my family and my local community and potentially makes it better for the cosmos, the universe, because, because we are integrating in this, in this way, the technology that, that, like you said, is, is already, is already here. Yeah, I love that. Appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. That's why I said right, right away, I was like, well, I get asked this a lot, so I better not screw this question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's something that I'm constantly, you know, redefining and struggling with and hearing everyone's feedback and um, incorporating that into everything that I do. You know, it's it's a it's a it's an evolving concept for me as well, you know, and and especially like working with with AI companies and looking at how all that starts to integrate. And I don't know if you're familiar with Control Labs. Facebook recently bought them, and they're uh, a, literally a wristband that now allows you to uh, control uh, either keyboards or virtual environments using your mind. So it's not actually an implant or something that goes on your brain, but it's it's literally just using the the muscle twitch. So it's like the muscles in your wrist. If you were to simulate yourself typing on a keyboard and literally like air type into a keyboard, then it will type. But then you can literally get to the point where you have just the power of your own intention. So you would intend to type and that would start to fire the same, uh, you know, muscles as if you were actually doing it. So, you know, there's all these technologies that are emerging right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's always like, well, how are we going to make this positive? Like, how are we going to hack into big tech and enable us to shift the, you know, the whole paradigm into using this in a positive way? Yeah, I think you're the guy for the job for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nick too. 
Um, I want to go back to, I can't, I can't leave it alone. I must go back to the, the experience that, that mimics uh, a psilocybin experience. Can you tell, tell me more about what that was? What, what was that? Was that, what was that technology and, and how, how, like what, where, how, and how, how, how can I do it? What do I, how do I sign up? Yeah, totally. So um, it's actually on all the major gaming platforms now. Uh, we haven't ported to PlayStation yet. We are in the process, but um, it could be, it's on Oculus, it's on Steam. If you have a VR headset, um, we're porting it to Quest as well. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, you could download it. Um, it's been out for about a year. Right now we're fine tuning it actually for psychedelic therapy. So we're doing a full rebuild um, making it Quest compatible, which is uh, like VR mobile, um, which is the the only platform that's going to exist in the next year or so, and and will continue to proliferate. Um, so essentially, it's a biofeedback uh, driven game, and it's driven by your voice. So uh, you lay down. There's a guided meditation that brings you in, and what you're doing is you're toning. So any sort of prolonged chant, ohm, even just humming, singing. I'm not a singer, so I'll just typically like ohm over and over again into it. Um, and that creates vibration. Um, so we use like either a vibrating bed or a vibrating vest, call them haptic vests. Um, you don't need the vibration. It's just even more powerful. So it feeds into the vibration, the visuals that are created, and then also the sound. So it'll feed your voice back into almost like this choir singing back to you. Um, while the visuals change and the vibration happens all simultaneously. Wow. That's, that's sound self sound self. Yeah. Wow. And the latest version is called sound self pro. And so we actually removed the VR headset completely and integrated AVS glasses, which is audio video stimulation, light therapy glasses, um, which you do with your eyes closed. So that makes it so where we're not creating the visuals for you in a VR program, mm. your brain's actually creating those visuals as you chant. Wow. So without, without a framework or a modality, you know, like, like psychedelic assisted psychotherapy, um, why would someone, why would someone do that? You know, aside from having a really, you know, unique experience is, is the goal to, is the goal to, to get that same sort of, you know, neuronal fire and, you know, new networks in the brain. Um, like what, what, what is, what, why would, why would the average person want to try that? There's a variety of reasons. Um, we just finished conducting a, a longer term wellness study on it just to like measure specific markers. Um, so a huge decrease in things like depression, anxiety, um, loneliness, um, it's, it's really like the biggest thing is creating a unity of state of consciousness. Like as, as woo woo as that sounds, it's actually <laughs> a metric that could be measured at this point. So it's um, basically your default mode network shutting off, which is the part of your brain that controls the eye, the ego. Um, and there's a huge increase in gamma and theta. Um, so a lot of technologies increase theta and alpha, um, but there's not a lot to increase the gamma wave. So there's a lot of creativity that comes through as well. Um, and, you know, outside of working with psychedelic therapists, even if you've gone on any sort of psychedelic journey um, within like the last six months, even you could go into sound self and it'll start to bring back those experiences, those epiphanies, uh, a lot of the feelings that you felt during your psychedelic journey. So it's a very interesting integration tool. And we're starting to really focus on that um, because, you know, right now and 
and traditional psychedelic therapy, your integration is essentially just journaling. So you, you know, come out of the session, you have writing prompts, um, you do some talk therapy and you just continue to come back to your writing. But with the software, now a lot of those epiphanies that you might've forgotten or the feelings that you forgot during the experience could come right back up. So sometimes it'll happen if you've done a, a journey, a, you know, a week prior, but for me, I've had it to where it's come up from six months before and I'll like get out of the session and run to my journal and start recording things that I've completely forgotten about. Wow. You know, hopefully at some point in the future, <laughs> they'll be able to map that, right. And say, well, this is the part of your brain that had this, that had this, uh, you know, this deep experience, this oneness, this, you know, um, this impression of the self, ego dissolution or, you know, family tree work or, um, you know, creative sort of explosion and be like, well, we found it because we've been able to, we've been able to use this technology now. So you're feeling it again. Well, now it's worth, it's firing in this little spot. I think that's fascinating. I mean, is that, is that possible? Is that something that we could potentially look forward to? Yeah, so I'm definitely far from a neuroscientist, but I would, I do have a really good reference. Uh, his name's Adam Ghazali. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Uh, he's kind of an unofficial advisor for us. He's amazing. And as soon as you Google him, you will find all sorts of incredible things. He was the, um, really, he's a, he's a super pioneer, but one of the things he did last year was get the first ever FDA approved video game. So now doctors could prescribe a cell phone game for kids with ADHD and they could literally use this, the cell phone game once a week and it'll increase the focus capacity of their brain enough to actually get them off of their Adderall. Um, so, so he's, uh, he has an amazing research center at UCSF. Um, and he recently started to put a lot of his focus on, um, using digital therapeutics with, um, psychedelic therapy as well. But up until this point, he's been solely focused on creating, video games for, for digital therapy. Incredible. Incredible. And he's doing a lot of the brain mapping. He has another company called Neuroscape, uh, that does just that. So yeah, he would be a really good one to, to look into. Yeah. I'm just going to slide in real quick to talk about today's sponsor of the episode, which is fume. Now we know that plants are beneficial. They have terpenes, they have properties that help us in lots of different ways. And if you're looking to establish better habits, if you're looking for better clarity or better respiration, or you're looking to quit smoking, or you just like to like puff on something, you like to hold something, a beautiful Canadian wood inhaler that's filled with amazing essential oil blends, you've got to check out Fume. You can go to Breathe Fume, that's breathefum.com forward slash OPP, and you can get 10% off. I would suggest you go and take the quiz where you can figure out which essential oils will be best for you. It's affordable. And it will help you jumpstart really positive habits in your life. And if you're like me and just like holding on to something cool and puffing on essential oils while you're working, I mean, it's really pleasurable. It smells amazing and it improves my cognition and performance. So go to breathefume.com forward slash OPP and check them out. Okay. Back to the episode. The, man, blowing my mind. You're blowing my mind. <laughs> I, I realize that I know so little, uh, I know so little about this technology, uh, I know people listening right now are going, holy shit. I had no idea this stuff was out there. It's really exciting. I mean, really exciting. Well, okay. So now tell, now tell me, 
and you know, I, I obviously I get the sense, I get the sense that you, that you are ethical and that you are true and that you are genuine and that, that you want to do right by this technology. That's, that's, that's now a, increasingly a part of our, our everyday experience. Um, and, and I think it's encouraging because I have not met anybody like you who has, who has, uh, who is approaching it from this way. And maybe it's just cause I don't get out enough and I haven't met, I haven't met, you know, um, developers or, or, or entrepreneurs or innovators in this way. But, um, I, you know, I, I've got so much to learn, which is exciting because this is in the work that I do in coaching, it involves some of, some of the stuff that we've talked about. And, uh, as a coach concerned with helping people, reach their optimal performance, create the best lives that they can for themselves. You know, they've got a lot of roadblocks and, and it's hard, it's heavy lifting sometimes. And if there were tools and technologies, you know, um, oming into a, a, a chorus that, you know, enhances, you know, t- increases vagal tone and, you know, re- you know, quiets the default mode network. That just sounds astounding, incredible. Um, so then tell me about genius X, how is genius X different from, uh, sound self? Yeah. So, uh, Entheo is the digital therapeutics company. Um, so that's focused, uh, primarily on sound self now and, uh, soon in the future, it's basically acquiring other types of software. That's very similar, um, different types of IP that's focused on, um, you know, a variety of other markers for mental health. Um, Genius X uh, was founded out of the pandemic. Um, Nick Janicki, uh, who we've brought up a few times now, um, he started actually uh, advising for my VR company, uh, which is a VR publishing company called Andromeda. And he got really into the idea of, of working more full time in the space. Um, simultaneously, we were seeing all the schools close down. And I was getting really um, in events and everything else. And I was getting really into producing events in VR. So we were doing a lot of, of showcasing with uh, different games and experiences that we were publishing. Um, and all of a sudden, all of those events that we were able to really show you know, the masses what we were capable of building and form partnerships and everything else you do at conferences, um, being that that ended, I started diving into all these new social VR platforms that enable you to create your own event um, and showcase videos and have, you know, vendor booths and speakers and panels and anything you can imagine in VR. But there was this huge, uh, this huge gap between a lot of companies coming in and wanting to create events, but not a lot of companies coming in and creating educational platforms. So Nick and I started talking deeply about that. And at the same time, uh, we started working with Joe Polish and the Genius Network, um, which is this incredible mastermind group. And Joe was really interested in how to create his mastermind group in VR um, and, you know, bring all of his members away from the 2D experience of Zoom and actually put them inside of his, his amazing office. Uh, it's kind of like a Willy Wonka style <laughs> office of just like ridiculous uh, you know, art pieces and classrooms and all these things. So we decided, we started designing that and then really quickly realized that this is something that should be scaled and taken to uh, all kinds of e-learning coaches, mastermind groups, even universities and, 
um, you know, all sorts of different educational institutes. So we started building out um, a full open world VR platform for education. Um, we do have our alpha done now. So we're about, um, honestly, we're only like eight months into development and we have an incredible all-star team. Um, yeah, little perks of uh, me being in the industry for a while. We got to cherry pick some awesome people. Um, and yeah, we've been building out a platform that essentially enables any type of, of coach or teacher that is now using Zoom or Kajabi or Coursera, um, you know, evergreen content and live courses now could go into VR and host, you know, basically a virtual retreat. Mm -hmm. So we were having a hard time for a while trying to, you know, distinguish, like we were saying, oh, we're clubhouse meets masterclass in VR. Um, but it's, it's becoming much more apparent now that we're just a, a virtual retreat center. So, um, you know, you could go in there, you could have your live courses, you could have gamified heroes journey, evergreen content where people are walking through and completing different course modules. Um, you know, it's basically like Hogwarts and VR is, <laughs> is how I've been describing it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's super exciting. We're launching with like seven really influential, incredible mission driven coaches, um, and then planning on rolling it out. And, uh, what makes it really nice is that if you were, you know, I was getting approached all the time by breathwork instructors or, uh, you know, business consultants uh, and asking me, how do I get my stuff in VR? Like, how do I create my own VR program? And I never had a good answer for them. I was like, you could go to this custom development studio. They'll charge you half a million dollars. You probably won't even like the product when you're done with it because they're, you know, just a, a licensed uh, company that's just going to just create for you uh, with no attachment to the project. And then once it's done and if you do like it, then you, I don't know how you're going to publish it. I don't know how you're going to bring it to the market. Mm. Um, so we, we've hit, checked off all those boxes essentially. So it's super cheap for us to develop courses for people because we have a foundational platform built and we could just upload green screen videos of their courses. Um, and then we have a publishing mechanism to start to distribute on Oculus and all the platforms. So their content's actually seen. Um, and we're super passionate about building this because it's, an open world education platform and no one's done it yet. Um, wow. So uh, yeah, that's, that's where we're at and we're cur currently onboarding coaches. Can you, can you define what open world means? Uh, yeah. So instead of like clicking on, I mean, I guess how I would describe it is in, instead of like clicking on a menu button, like you imagine Netflix or something and clicking on a specific movie and going into that movie or going into masterclass and clicking on a program and going into that class an open world means that you can literally walk in between virtually walk in between different classrooms. So, you know, you say like Joe Polish has his mastermind group. You could walk into the mastermind group, participate in that, meet the community members, go to the lessons, you know, learn all these different skills and you can physically walk out of the space and then walk into a whole new environment with somebody else's you know, custom made, maybe it is a Hogwarts castle and they're teaching magic and all sorts of things. And so it's, it's all, um, you know, it's a metaverse. It's, it's all synced together. It's basically what web 3.0 is becoming is this mm. spatial web. Um, but yeah, so everyone really talks about it as AR right now. Um, and we're, I think a few years away from, from that being actualized and in VR, the technology is right now at the point, like literally almost every week we're implementing new technologies that have come out the week prior, you know, uh -huh. it's, 
we're literally like right at the cutting edge there. Um, so yeah, we're, we're finally capable of doing it with headsets that are only $300, you know, prior, you could potentially build something like this, but it would, it would be as, as a user, you'd have to buy a $2,000 gaming computer and an $800 headset. Um, so now the cost has dropped, you know, tenfold, um, and you could just put on a mobile VR headset and now be warped into, uh, an open world classroom environment. Wow. My God blowing my mind i'm sure you get that a lot i'm sure you get that a lot i'm sure you know uh you know when you go back home and you know see your friends from middle school and they're like hey you know what are you even up to lyle like haven't seen you in a minute man you'd be like uh <laughs> you know it's so funny you bring that up because i like I, i'm honestly at the point and it's kind of sad to say but i can't even really go home and have those conversations because it's it's overwhelming to them to the point where they almost like turn off. They're just sure. like, I don't understand how, you know, what's happening. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's uh, thankfully like my mom is a big supporter and she understands what's going on more so than probably anyone else in my, you know, upbringing. There you go. There you go. Way to go, mom. I'm sure that's been some heavy lifting for her to kind of figure to stay just terminology alone, you know, your mom. Yeah, I, I got her a VR headset for Mother's Day. She was pumped. Nice. <laughs> uh, incredible. Really interconnected. Um, things are changing super rapidly. And I wonder if if what 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 the world looks like to you and how integrated these these platforms and these technologies uh, become over time. Yeah, I mean there's a few ways I can answer it, you know, with, with digital therapeutics, I'm really inspired by how pharmaceuticals um, could eventually be phased out, which I know is a bold statement, but if I was to, you know, project my highest vision of the future in that space, it's, it's being able to utilize um, technology as a complementary uh, tool for your self-development that doesn't require the, you know, all of the, the variety of things that happen with opiate addiction and, uh, you know, side effects and things that happen when you uh, start to turn to a bottle of pills. Um, so for me in that realm, I see a continuation of um, all sorts of different neuroscience and, and these emergent technologies that essentially enable us to hack into our, our minds and figure out uh, how to live better lives, whether that's, I mean, I, I, I typically wear a hat B. I don't know if you're familiar with hat B. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, using electromagnetic frequencies that yeah. literally create your own mood, um, like things like that are so, uh, they're here now, you know, and it's, it's hard to imagine for people. Um, it's so funny if I wear that piece of technology, then everyone's constantly asking me any event or like if I wear it on the airplane or whatever, I'm like a walking billboard. Yeah. Uh, probably doesn't help that I'm six, five. And they're like, what is this dude wearing an Iron Man <laughs> glowing orb on his chest doing? Uh, but, you know, a lot of these tech, tech is here now. And I imagine it just starting to pro proliferate to the mainstream, people understanding the capabilities and that, uh, you know, the price point dropping significantly to the point where, um, yeah, we're all just like in a constant state of being biohacked um, to a way, you know, like things like smart. I've been working with a guy that's doing smart homes where your aura ring or your Apple watch could determine what temperature your house is at based off mm -hmm. of your body's 
you know, your body temperature, um, changing your heart rate variability before you go to sleep. So you drop into a deeper sleep state. So I, I see it as this very fluid evolution of all these, the, all the wearables and all this technology starting to communicate with each other in order to promote, uh, you know, the highest form of prevent, preventative medicine possible mm-hmm. um, to the point where we don't need pharmaceuticals anymore, you know, outside of like the very uh, rare case of it being like a very intense, you know, uh, disease or issue that you may have. But um, yeah, I see it really just like fluidly starting to integrate. And, um, you know, in VR, it's very similar. The price point is at $300 now, which is super inspiring to me because when we think about things like education, if you were to go to a developing country and try to give kids laptops or even smartphones, uh, VR headsets are already half the price, or if not more so than an Apple phone, you know, $1,000 for an Apple phone, 300 bucks for a headset. Um, so I'm really excited by the fact that this technology will continue to drop in price as uh, the applications continue to become more sophisticated for it to be an active um, participatory experience for people. Um, so, you know, and then like really broad strokes, if I was to go into the into the further future of, you know, singularity and people starting to upload their consciousness into computers and everything that Ray Kurzweil and all these guys are focused on, uh, I really see it as, as this like huge, like the, the dualism and the battle of technology is going to become very interesting. There's going to be this whole sect of people that are using technology to enhance their, their physical bodies through, you know, CRISPR and genetic modifications and uploading themselves and Neuralink and putting chips in their brain. And then there's going to be a whole, and that section is going to start to continue to evolve and evolve until where they're literally trying to download themselves into a computer, which I don't think is actually possible. That's a whole sidebar. Mm-hmm. But, but then the, the other side of it's going to be people that are holistically using technology as a auxiliary experience for them to just feel awesome and be better people without being reliant on it. So again, like coming back to using it to train your heart rate variability to the point where for me, like I've used a heart mass sensor for years and now I have like one of the best HRV measurements that I've seen from any of my biohacked friends because I use this technology before I went to sleep every night for weeks, maybe like, yeah, I mean, uh, I was using it consistently for years, but like weeks at a time, I'd use it every single night and now I don't use it at all. And, and that mm. heart rate has, has stayed consistent, you know? Mm. So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see, like there's going to be the naturalists that come out and use the technology to use it as preventative medicine and learning skills that allow them to operate in the real world at a higher capacity. And then there's going to be the full on transhumanists that are turning mm. into cyborgs. And I think that <laughs> both of those sects are going to happen simultaneously and there's going to be a convergence in 20 or 30 years and it might not be like republicans versus democrats anymore it might literally be transhumans versus naturalists <laughs> oh yeah yeah I, I like that i i i jive with that a lot um the the, the technology that we have now to enhance our physical bodies are you know our energy bodies, you know, I'm sitting here wearing, I don't know if you, if you're familiar with, uh, biogeometry, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
I've got a the the I've got the crystal cube, you know, I've got the L90s on my Wi-Fi routers, you know, right next to the Shungite on my Wi-Fi routers, you know, I'm hardlined into to internet now. You know, I think that that we have, you know, we have all of this this available to us and one thing that I think was really key that you said was your body learned how to get there through that training leveraging that technology so that you don't need it anymore so that you develop this level of interoception so that you can actually um, not have to not actually have to use the technology anymore because there's always other cool shit that you can go like okay well i'm good with this one i'm gonna go into i'm gonna you know i'm gonna use happy now and and now maybe train train to go into relaxed mode and, or train go to go into, you know, two cocktail mode without, without using the technology over time. I think that's really, I think that's, you know, to maybe just like to on demand, you know, change your glucose, normalize your glucose, just like through entrainment of uh, leveraging these, these technologies. Yeah. I, I like that. I mean, I think you're right. I think that there's going to be, I, and I agree. I don't think that people there is the, the, the soul cannot be captured in silicone. You know, it, it can't, it cannot be uploaded. It cannot be downloaded. It cannot be captured. Um, well, yeah, we're, we're carbon based life forms and they're trying to get everything into silicone. I just, it doesn't make logical sense. No. And, 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 you know, consciousness is infinite and the soul is everlasting. So how do you, you know, how do you take that and then plug it into a thing? Yeah. I'm, I've missed that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not with that, but I'm obviously, you know, I've got the similar devices that you have that I've been able to, to use to actually change my state. And as we go forward, I think you're right. I think that there's going to be people who are just like, I'm all in on it. I'm all in on the tech, just inject it, put it in my brain, put it in my forearm, and we'll see where it goes. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna rock it till the wheels fall off, and and, and there will be other people that literally they might yeah. literally be on wheels. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, just like a bust on a little thing. What's the crag from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles who like lived inside of another big guy, just like a floating brain thing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's a it's a cool vision vision for the future amplified by the potential the, the 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 infinite potential of psychedelics and you know it's happening so fast it's ha- legislation is changing so fast the, the the market is changing so fast there's more companies there's more investment there's more innovation and you know I, i'm I, I think of think of myself as a purist a little bit so i get a little bit nervous when when anybody just gets super excited when everybody's super excited about it you know i worry about it getting bastardized or taking advantage of and mm-hmm. and, and ignoring you know the the sanctity of it the divinity of it for for the profit of it but that's my that's my own prejudice and hang up on it um, but one question for, for a guy like you, who's, who's got his fingers in all these, all these pies, you know, I'm, I'm curious, how do you define biohacking? How do you like, how do you think about it? Um, well, you know, going back to kind of a naturalist, uh, you know, thought process, it's really interesting because I moved out to this house in Topanga in the middle of the winter, which winter in LA is, you know, hardly winter, but I had the opportunity to chop wood 
and buy this big ass splitting mall and go outside and, you know, like go, go to town for an hour or two at a time chopping wood, realizing like, wow, this is like one of the best biohacks I could ever do. Talk about like, yeah, yeah. Stress relief and, and really moving your body. Um, So how I kind of define biohacking as a whole is, is looking at how all this technology is essentially just amplifying what the earth already does for us. So, you know, if you look at like PEMF, uh, pulse electromagnetic field technology, the earth already has a giant electromagnetic field. We're just amplifying that in order to uh, use it for healing or cellular regeneration or whatever it is. Same thing with light therapy, you know, infrared uh, lights, like that's, that's comes from the sun. We're just harnessing those specific rays and using that for healing. Same thing with doing cold plunges and saunas, you know, like I've been doing a lot of road trips over COVID and like my girlfriend and I will literally like jump out of the truck on the side of the road and jump into a freezing cold river. So we don't stop to get coffee. Like that's going to wake your ass up and then you're good, you know, for the rest of the drive. Um, So I, I, I really try to, uh, you know, have people conceptualize biohacking as, as not this thing that's separate from us, but it's actually just working with the earth's natural processes with, you know, being able to heighten it and really focus it on, uh, you know, benefiting our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. You know, I, um, you know, breath, um, conscious breath is a biohack. Dancing is a biohack. You know, turmeric is a biohack. You know, these are, you know, Ayurveda is, is a biohack, you know, like you, just like you said, jumping in a river, um, totally true. And also so is, you know, so is the happy device, which, you know, works on, you know, on ions and activates, uh, molecularly, you know, to, to change your mood. Yeah. I think, I think they're, they're all there. I think the best of biohacking is, is to, is to move us forward in optimization by just like you said, mimicking, mimicking what's happening in nature anyway, because, you know, Gaia is, she got it right. She continues to get it right. Yeah. And I will say just to continue on the the same same uh, path of blowing your mind. One of the things that I've been talking with Scott, the founder of Happy, about is how we could use potentially an API to integrate into VR. So if you yeah. being inside of a virtual world and walking up to a bar and getting handed a virtual drink, going to drink that, and then a happy signal activating, and you actually feeling the actually feeling what that drink would would make you feel absolutely so it's really interesting to think about how these these technologies could be implemented into virtual worlds um and then you know on the more esoteric side like one of the big things within the conscious community that everyone's heard a million times is your vibe attracts your tribe right so like what you're vibrating at the energy that you're giving out whether you know on a very grounded level that's like you smiling at people or like on a more esoteric way it's like how you're meditating and you you know what you're doing uh as your daily practice is actually drawing people towards you similarly i don't think anyone could deny if you're in an angry pissed off mood and you get in your car and you start driving it seems like everyone is out to kill you and you know all of a sudden everyone's driving super aggressively so it happens it happens on both (laughs) ways but if you think about it and something like VR, you could start hooking up an Aura Ring or an Apple Watch, and it could literally monitor your heart rate variability, which is an amazing metric for, for stress. And, you know, it, basically you could pull like 10 different 
very like you know solid metrics out of just hrv yeah uh, so if you can imagine walking around a virtual world and all of a sudden your heart rate variability starts to match up with other people's heart rate mm. variability and you start to physically attract people mm. into your space that are vibrating at the same level that you are wow. you know so so it's like again this is happening naturally and we could use this technology to enhance that or uh you know make it happen much more efficiently uh in virtual spaces as beautiful. well beautiful beautiful yeah i really like the idea i i <laughs> i like the idea of wearing happy and going into you know the open world getting a getting a virtual cocktail and feeling you know, feeling a buzz that's uh, killer <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> and again right like it's not replacing it like obviously i'd way rather go to a coffee shop and me and have a cup of coffee i do love my caffeine um but you know if we're not able to do that or if you have a global community which a lot of us do have at this point um you know the next best thing is being able to do that um, yeah inside of a virtual space and get off of our our zoom zoom meetings yeah right <laughs> for sure yeah on that note, I think uh, I think it's time to kind of to to wind it down. Um, what uh, what question did I not ask that either you were hoping I would ask or just something that you that you that you really want to share? Um, it's a great question. I mean, I could uh, I could just do some shameless plugs or some of the things that I'm for uh, sure. Yeah, for sure. For. Yeah, let's yeah. start there. Let's start there. Yeah, there's a few things. So uh, my VR publishing company Andromeda. We've been one of my the favorite parts of the variety of things that I do is is I'm like a headhunter for conscious developers. So I'm looking for you know these very like alien uh, type people that are super strong programmers, but they're also like fully embodied and have a, a global mission to address things like mental health and education um, or you know physical fitness or whatever it is. So. If you or somebody that you know uh, is creating an experience in a VR, AR um, environment that, that lends to that mission, um, we are looking at funding and publishing those projects. Um, we, we actually have a few slots open for the next couple of years, which is usually what it takes um, in a development cycle to actually bring these things to market. So super interested in that. And then on the Genius X side, um, we are looking for educators that are interested in up-leveling their uh, e-learning courses and actually bringing their students into a virtual world and seeing what it's like to interact with people in that way. There's incredible science out outside of just the sheer creativity and joy um, that comes from like physically fist bumping somebody in VR <laughs> and having the controller vibrate as you do it and walking around a park with somebody um, and you know, having conversation, there's a lot of incredible science that's come out around VR and learning, and that you're actually, it's like five times better memory retention when you're in VR than in a standard classroom. Uh, there's like a three X increase in confidence. So things like language learning and things goes wow. through the roof because you're actually able to use that language and communicate with people in real time and build up the confidence to do so. Um, so not only is it just the, the future and and so much fun, but it's also scientifically proven to be a better way to teach and for your students to learn. So that would be the two big things. Conscious cool. developers creating cool shit and e-learning coaches that have an audience and 
an awesome, you know, uh, classroom of eager students that want to get into VR. Awesome. Very cool. Thank you for that. Yeah. Love that. Um, where can people, where can people connect with you? Where, where, where would you direct them online? Um, yeah. So, uh, geniusx.com is the education platform. Um, entheo.digital is the digital therapeutics platform. And, uh, and then I also have a blog that's starting to, it's like a newsletter really that's starting to uh, blow up. Um, and I, I cover the stuff every month the latest and greatest in uh, what I call Ascension technology or wellness technology. And that's at uh, the publishing company. So that's enterandromeda.com uh, slash blog. And then uh, on all socials and everything, I'm Luminous Lyle. Um, so you can find me there. And uh, yeah, the last thing I'll say is, of course, I'm like, there's so many things that I'm always working on. But um, the, the last thing is if you are a, a um, psychedelic therapist and you're interested in integrating digital therapeutics, as a part of your priming um, before bringing a uh, client into a psychedelic space or as an integration tool. Um, we are, um, we do have an open beta for that and we are starting to enroll psychedelic therapists as well. Awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Anything else? There's gotta be one more thing, but there's gotta be something else. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I mean, you know, I'll, I could be here all day, but no, yeah. that's, that, that, nice. that covers the basis. Well, the, the last question is a fill in the blank question. Um, and this can be based on anything, you know, um, anything in your experience doesn't have to be specific to, you know, emerging technologies, but, uh, you can, you can elaborate as much or as little as you wish, but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Wow. That's a, that's a big one. Um, you know, for, for entrepreneurs, I think specifically, one of the biggest things that I've done over the last few years that has been just, has just changed my entire life is really focusing on dropping your ego and realizing that you don't have to wear all the hats and you don't have to be CEO and founder and sole owner of uh, whatever you're building and really look at uh collaborating and and being able to be a number two or a number three at a company that's mission aligns with yours and using that as a stepping stone to get to where you are i i did a lot of uh you know grinding grinding my teeth at, at being a ceo and founder um, and now for the companies that um that i've been a part of and founded um, I am usually the number two or number three within the company. And I enjoy that because I get to stay in my zone of genius and I don't have to do the spreadsheets or the operations mm -hmm. or the HR and all the things that um, is required of you as a, a sole founder. Um, so that's something that I always impart on people because I, I love to see people taking those stepping stones to get to where they are instead of thinking that they have to put the whole world on their shoulders right off the bat. Yeah, that's great advice. That is really great advice. And hopefully that begets greater and greater products and services and experiences when people can can let go of that control a bit for to make room for more collaboration. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Well, Lyle, I'm sure you get this all the time, but this has just been a fascinating conversation. Um, I learned a whole bunch. I have a whole lot of research to do because I want to I want to dig down a little bit a little bit further. Um, this has just been such a really cool conversation. Thank you for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Of course, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Anytime. And scene. <laughs>